Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the No Balls Cricket Podcast. Yeah, we are we're 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 we've gone past the messing okay. up the intro. Yeah. We've done yeah, it. We're, yeah. we're, we're, I think you know you have to do it now. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is Sudhan Pradhan, the uh, no longer injured cricketer. He's back uh, back on his feet. But still, university and club cricketer. This is Aditya Devath, the so supposedly respected journalist. Uh, we will get into respected journalists later in this episode. Oh, sorry. Be- be- before before we go on, I have a plea to any um, cricket fans in Manchester. Please, please, for the love of God, tell me where I can buy a cricket bag. <laughs> I'm not traveling all the way to Ashton under Lyme, man. It's too far. Does does Green Eagles not have a website or something that you can order from? Do I really want to order a bat online? No, it's a, it's a, no, God, you, you have to buy a cricket bat properly. You have to go to the shop, pick out the one you want, play a few go to, power drives. Go to a sports direct. What, you don't think I've been to sports direct already? I even went to Decathlon. They don't have any. Okay, fine. Uh, okay, we will, we will track this. SP's search for a bat. And on the off chance that I actually do end up getting a bat and I have to travel all the way to Ashton under Lyme, Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, moving on with uh, with with the episode. Uh, we're just gonna launch into the roundup. Um, I'll focus on the non-India stuff first. So Sri Lanka had a T20 series in Australia that ended four-one to the Aussies. I don't think anyone's surprised by Australia dominating that series. Sri Lanka had a few good moments, but just not at the same level. Um, yeah, unless you really want to make fun of Sri Lanka for anything, I'm just going to move on. No, not really. I mean, I just wanted to say one thing because I, I saw in the last game they played Laiu Kumara and Chamira together, and it made a huge difference. Obviously, they restricted it did, Australia yeah. and ended up winning the game. Um, so maybe, and it, this could be something for um, them to ponder over when they actually do play the the the, tourna- the, the, the World Cup later on in the year, um, is that. Spin doesn't work in Australia, especially finger spin. So, you know. Yeah, Hasaranga is still going to be a key player for them, I think. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I think we saw in the World Cup, they had their moments. They were competitive, but just couldn't get over the line. And that was pretty much the same thing here. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah hope some lessons yeah. learned, basically. Yeah, also, uh, just, just one thing before we move on. The other thing that they managed to do in the last game that I didn't speak of was um, Kushal Mendes came in and he made a 50 and then won them the game. So, Little bit of experience, but also yeah. raw pace in the middle overs. That was the that was the key for me. I felt. Yeah, and the, I mean their batting has been weak oh, yeah. in the, yeah. in recent years, especially in T20. So that's that's I mean, Krishal Mendes is part of the solution for that. Um, across the pond, as it were, from Australia, though we don't usually use that phrase. New Zealand absolutely trashed oh, South please, Africa in the first test match. Please don't say across the pond; it's across the Tasman. Call it by its proper name. You're in the antipodes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm in the US. You're in England. Across the pond is the phrasing we use, regardless. Um, but oh, fine. Across the Tasman. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, across the Tasman, then New Zealand absolutely thrashed um, South Africa in the first Test match. There, it was just. I think the first se- the first innings ended with South Africa 95 all out, and then they only scored about 16 more runs the second time around. Uh, in between, uh, New Zealand just dominated. 
Matt Henry comes in from nowhere and takes what was it seven for? Yeah, he took seven for twenty-five, I believe, in that that, yeah. in that first inning. Um, yeah, just re- just remember that this is someone who will not get into to their first choice bowling lineup, and he's coming in and taking seven wickets. But that's New Zealand on on a green seamer. Well, they won the toss, and Christchurch has always been a bit of a green seamer, um, and picked up seven for twenty-five. But um, the thing to note from that is that they made um, a raft of changes from the last test against India. Um, they uh, gave, handed debuts to Sarel Irwi and Glenton Sturman. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Any Afrikaners willing yeah. to correct me, you go ahead. Um, uh, I don't speak Afrikaans, not my thing. Um, and um, they were also missing Andrik Nokia, obviously. Um, and Keegan also, Peterson because of Ke- COVID Keegan Peterson, Yeah, Keegan Peterson missed the tour because, of, because he got COVID. So, in Markram was moved down to bat at number three. Not that it made much of a difference. He still got rolled over for 95. But... Um, Bit of an experience in there. Also, remember, Quinton Decock is no longer part of the test team. Yeah. I, um, and, um, I, I honestly don't know how much of a miss he is now. Obviously, he's a great batter, but I think he, his test form had been suffering for a while. So, he, um, it, Yeah, I mean, not, 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 not saying anything about that. The other thing is they dropped four catches in that New Zealand innings. And when you do that, they're going to rack up a score. Um, and yeah, 495 yeah. they got in the first innings. And, and obviously, then after that, it's an uphill battle. But then again... It's weak, feeble resistance, and it just goes to show how poor India's batting really was in South Africa. Yeah, we haven't, we've not really done a full postmortem of the India series just because of all the drama that came out of it. But yeah, in India, I think we're poor all around. Their bowling wasn't that great either, and batting really suffered against South yeah, Africa. Yeah, and it, it just goes to show in general how you know things can change in an instant. Also, also how. How tough it is to bat for any visiting t- side in New Zealand, and um, I, apart from that one-off uh, shock Bangladesh result uh, late last year, just um, did, I mean we saw India go. I think what was it, tw- Jan twenty twenty, and just get rolled over in all the all the matches they played in the Test there, and like just continues to happen. No, it's a tough place to play cricket, and the fact in New Zealand only they you almost always have a two-test series against them, and not more. Um, adds to the, the the sort of difficulty um, in that. Plus, also, if you go into a test match with a bowling attack that includes, and this is what they played, right? Matt Henry, Trent Bolt, Tim Saudi, um, Neil Wagner, and Colin de Grandome. No spinner. Yep. We, um, uh, do, we, do we want to get into a debate about how bad a pitch it is if you can only, if you bowl people out for 95 on the first day, finish a test match in three days and don't pick spinners at all? Well, I mean, when you score 495, it doesn't really hold true, does it? <laughs> I wouldn't. No, I said that. I he's trying to rock the boat, but it doesn't hold. Um, <laughs> trying to rock the boat, but it doesn't. I'm hold just, I'm anyway. just saying, in 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 other contexts, this this there would be a bad pitch conversation happening. All I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that. Just leave it at that. That's again for 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 all of the. Um, for all of the, let's put it this way, no, we're not trying to be racist here, but let all of the white people ponder that one. Um, <laughs> yes, fine. Yeah. Um, um, sticking in New Zealand. Um, sticking in New Zealand. Indian... Go on. Go on, go on. No, you go on, your girls, it's yours. <laughs> Achha, okay, yes. So, yeah, the Indian women have been playing a limited over series. I think we'd mentioned last time around that they lost the first, uh, well, the only T20I. Um, They've gone on to lose the next three ODIs as well. They've been fairly competitive games, just um, 
just you know India just kind of New Zealand kind of getting over the line in each time around though the though each game has gone into the last over. Um, bit of a cloud over Harmanpreet Kaur who's just not had a really uh, not had a good ODI run of late. Um, and and people are now questioning her but place. It's I think it's funny that they're questioning Harmanpreet Kaur because if you look at that series. They made okay. Other than the first game, the other two they've um, lost after making scores of two seventy and two eighty. Um, New Zealand have chased down both of those, and I think the more pressing issue is the lack of a recognized third seamer. Um, and I think it's, I mean the seam attack is still relying on Julianda Swamy, who by the way bowled no, some magic balls across the series. But uh, I, I understand but yeah. that um, Pooja Vasakar is a bit um, a bit loose. Let's put it that way. But then, when you have someone of the quality of Shikha Pandey, why not play her? And I, the the selections and and both in terms of squad and in and in terms of elevens have I think just probably deserve an entire episode on yeah, their episode own, on which we will get into when yeah. we when we are previewing the Women's World Cup, which is uh, which is soon. Um, but yeah, so the only point I'm making about her because you know she's since that uh, since that World Cup in 2017 where she had obviously that great. Innings against Australia, where she had 171, and she hit a 50 in the final. She's hit two 50s in 30 innings since then. Or, you know, also, that, she's, so. she also made that batting at number four, and she's consistently batted lower than that in the order. That may have something to do with it. Um, yeah, possibly. Possibly, but um, it's also just a chronic lack of form. Having said that, she's done really well in franchise cricket. Yeah, she has. <laughs> she's just not yeah. translating to uh, to ODIs yet. Um. Yeah, so we got I think in terms of roundup, we've got pretty much everything covered. The only thing we've missed out, the only thing we've missed out is uh, India beating the West Indies three 0 in the T20I series as well, and that leads us directly into the next segment, which is our main yeah. segment of the episode. We are, we should we should mention that both of us got our predictions wrong. Because we both predicted, you predicted. Okay, you predicted the ODI series. Right? I got the I ODI series. Right. Yeah, but we yeah. both th- thought India would lose the T20 series, and they actually won three 0 which is surprising. So here we go into our main segment. After a quick word from our sponsors. Right. Um, where do we begin with this T20 series? Honestly, how I mean. I will say this: the West Indies at least put up a fight here. I think the one-day series was sort of meek surrender, um, but at least in the T20Is they sort of put up some fight. Uh, the second game in particular was rather close. Even yesterday, when they had a bit of a go at the at the at the lower order in particular, when Puran and um, yeah. Super Mario Super Mario were batting. Um, Super Mario. <laughs> I should get my hat out for him. Um, but then he went row Mario. Yes, um, I. I mean, he he basically kind of gave the game away with the ball anyway. But uh, did, tried yeah. getting some of it back. Yeah, tried getting some yeah. of it back with the bat. Um, uh, okay, uh, let's start with the ODIs because they were. I mean, just their inability to bat fifty overs is what's holding them back there. Yeah, because they actually their bowling sh- showed up. I honestly, for, for at least at the uh, start of most innings. They were getting, and and especially Azari Joseph, they were getting some good results there. But yeah, the batting just wasn't up to par. No, not at all. And I think that's been their big problem. Um, is 
I, I think in ODI cricket, you need to have someone who can merge the two styles. Um, whereas, especially in India now with the earlier starts, you're getting conditions that uh, do favor bowling a, the bowlers a bit more than they normally are. Where we've all grown up in an era where basically the bowlers used to get pasted all over the place. Um, but now more and more you start seeing that um, the scores are actually sort of becoming a bit lower and it. It's not the 320 or 350 that you're used to. Um, yeah, the 350 plays 350 games are gone. I, I don't know what's happening. Well, I mean, there was a very noticeable shift as soon as they uh, brought the start time back by an hour. In earlier days, I think before 2013, all of the... Um, oh, sorry, before 2014, rather. All of the ODIs would start at um, 2.30, but they brought the start time back an hour. And since then, there's been a noticeable... Uh, lowering of the average high average score in in a in a one day game, um, and, and that's also obviously leading almost directly to the fact that the dew doesn't come. Yeah, and that makes a big difference. It's yeah, it uh, especially difference. for as, especially for bowling second, where before chasing in India was was pretty much the blueprint for for winning any game. But also the other thing is, I think the pitches have become a bit drier and a bit more. Um, a bit more difficult to bat on in general, and that's also brought the score down. Yeah, that's what I felt from this series that it's these aren't just uh, complete uh, roads of flat tracks where people can just blaze away and get to, you know 100 or 70 balls, and and we're all playing getting the 350, 370, whatever. The pitches have slowed down a bit. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, have, with that in mind, and remember, Ahmedabad was quite a—I mean, it wasn't the best, nicest of pitches to bat on, and that proved it, it's shown in the scores that you got in the three games. Um, we uh, we chased on 176 in the first game, we rolled out for 230 in the in the second game, and even the fourth, even the third game was a relatively low scoring. Yeah, I mean, 265 was the highest score any either side made across six innings, which is really yeah. rare for ODI cricket these days. Yeah. Um, um, some India really tries being a little uh, experimental with that Rishabh Pant opening experiment in one game. Yeah, that was a bit bizarre, but I think that was just a one-off. Uh, they did oh, experiment yeah, sure. in, and they did experiment in the last game as well, giving you know moving Shreyas higher up to three, Rohit Sharma batting at four, for example. Um, but uh, you look back on the series and think the West Indies are just a poor side, honestly, and and. And now it's I think gone, you're confusing sort of... the ODIs with the T20s, by the way. Rohit no, I'm... I'm, I'm Rohit Sharma opened in each ODI. No, Rohit Sharma didn't open in the last T20I. That's what I'm saying. Ha, T20, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about the ODIs. But... Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, fine. Yeah, so Rishabh Pant's <laughs> opening. Oh, I thought that was in it. I thought he opened in a T20, not the ODI. No, he, op- he opened in the second ODI. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, so fines for India in the... Um, ODI says, I mean, I have to eat my words on Prasid Krishna. Yeah, you really do. Matter the series. It was also good to see both him and Siraj get there, make the most of their opportunities. We've been crying out for Siraj to get more limited overs games for India, uh, and it and he did well in the series. And of course, Prasid Krishna just looks like a good find. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you know, a hard hit the deck kind of bowler, and he broke one curse, which was the number of power play wickets. I think he doubled it in the space of one inning. Which was yeah, made a huge difference. Yeah, exactly. But then that's also what comes from playing the West Indies. So. <laughs> yeah, that is true. 
um <clears throat> in terms of their odi outlook i think the west indies need to look beyond a few players um namely their captain yeah. and all out <laughs> the captain seems like he's more interested in playing for mumbai than he is for uh, uh, for west indies at the moment you also know that your captain has hit absolute rock bottom when everything that akash chopra says about him that ends up being right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i mean when somebody has some some ex cricketers as clueless as the uh, star sports commentary box get things right yeah you know this for turning back coming back from that um but yeah no i mean um the only real find for the west indies out of that whole thing i think akil hussain is a fabulous cricketer um, yeah akil hussain is a good find um, um i mean people have known about him for and we knew about but good to see him do well well ish but yeah yeah but he he provides something that i don't think anyone else has and he's a big spinner of the cricket ball which is always going to be a good thing Yeah, um, and the other thing is, that I think now, as much as the Guyana crew doesn't like it, Alzari Joseph needs to be playing a lot more games, especially in limited overs. No, for sure, for sure. Um, and we'll get to 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 that because I think it's it's a bigger point in the T Twenties. Um, for India, as you say, Prasad Krishna was one of the um, highlights, but also the batting of Surya Kumar Yadav. Yeah, of, I think know. Surya Kumar Yadav has, has has pretty much nailed down a spot in India's best eleven, probably in both formats, really. Uh, like no, definitely in both formats now. Yeah. Um, uh, there was quickly, ex- there were the experience yeah. with Deepak Hooda in at one point, and Shreyas Iyer came in and played good innings in the uh, in in the last ODI. But like, I think Surya Kumar Yadav as as the five or six, wherever he slots into the batting lineup, depending on the other series, he's he's got that spot nailed down. a very versatile batsman as well and that's what what i really appreciated about him um right moving on to the t20 eyes not and not much difference uh, you could say india's approach changed a bit um ishan kishan opening the batting but it was rohit sharma going hard at the top that made the difference yeah because actually though we all really like ishan kishan he did not have a good series no uh, but uh, yeah rohit's change yeah. in approach was big and i think that's something he'd been trying even uh in the during the world cup but and it didn't really come off but now it's it's a clear emphasis that we need to go hard at the top yeah for sure uh my favorite bit of the series however was not all of that my favorite bit of the series was venkatesh iyer taking a wicket shreyas iyer taking a catch murli kartik saying that uh, it's going to say caught iyer bold iyer on the scorecard harsha bogle then went as far as saying that there are iyers involved everywhere because murli kartik's full name is murli kartik iyer and then the scorecard comes up spot shreyas bold venkatesh <laughs> favorite moment of the entire west indies yeah um speaking of the venkatesh i was also a pretty good find um and and someone who probably has hardik pandya on notice at the moment yeah and um actually i was quite impressed with the way he bowled in 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 the last game i know he only bowled two overs but he did the job yeah His Especially, his figures won't show it because he, he it, it but he had basically he got hit for two boundaries that were both off edges and then yeah. the rest was just regular yeah. bowling. Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting to see a couple of things though. One, Prithvi Shaw not getting picked for either format still surprises me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, this I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It, it seems he, there seems to be an issue where like management has some. Uh, it's not even a. It's it's an off pitch thing. I think it has nothing to do with. Yeah, I don't really form. know what's going on either because he's been in in tremendous form for Bombay in the um, 
in the Vijay Hazara trophy and you know done really well for them. Yeah. Um, that was one thing. The other thing was um, team combinations. They tried across the six games. They tried literally every spinner they could find. Ravi Bishnoi is a star. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, Bishnoi, I think that, and it showed re- really in the last game because uh, West Indies started that chase hammer and tongs, and then Ravi Bishnoi turned that game around. Yeah, and and in a game where um, you end up with figures of two for twenty three from your four in a nine over game, that's unbelievable, man. Yeah, but uh, we also have to give credit to Super Mario for shitting the bed epically in the final couple of overs. <laughs> I mean, the but, way he uh, got... I mean, and and that also brings out the other good player that we've got from the series, which is Harshal Patel, who's been knocking on the door for a while, and it, and and he had a really good series uh, across all all the matches. He's got that cutter down to uh, perfection. And and it and it's a really good weapon. I would, however, prefer to see either Siraj or Prasid Krishna in the T20 squad over Avesh Khan. I know he only had one game, but for some reason, and I'm not saying this. This is n- nothing against Avesh Khan. I, I'm, my personal preference would just be to see one of them to see how they do. Let's just say that you you do you do want to be stronger with your opinions. It's just that. You no, don't I, want not, to end up I'm, eating. You don't want to end up eating your words again, so you're not doing. No, I'm not saying that. I, I'm going down a different route. I don't think. I personally, at this point, don't feel Avesh Khan is ready for international cricket. But again, only time will tell. Hmm. I I think in let, let's just say that in the in in the spirit of our podcast title, that man has no balls, and that's why he's not giving us his real opinion. I've given you my real opinion 110 times. This is my honest opinion. I, look, I have nothing against him. It's not that I don't like him as much as, much as I thought DK was a fraud or something like that. Um, <laughs> which I still do in cricketing terms. Commentator, however, different story. Um, <clears throat> but I just don't feel he's ready for international I don't think he has enough about him to be a threat in either of the two limited overs formats. But I think that's somewhere that both Krish- uh, Prasad Krishna and Siraj have in abundance. And Siraj is always already. You've already seen enough of him in Test cricket to know that he's got. Whether he can translate it, and Josh Hazelwood, the way he's bowled in T20, proves that you can translate. So, you can, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the only thing I'd say is Avish Khan has had a, has, is coming off a good IPL. I wouldn't judge his international standard based on one game, though it wasn't a good performance. I, I no, no doubt about that. Um, but if he get, I mean, who knows? I, 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 like, if he gets nerves. more games, I'm not saying thing, it isn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I, I'm just saying, personal choice, I don't agree with you. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I will, um, let's just see if you and, have to And, and again, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't, there's, I don't, there's nothing I dislike about Avesh Khan. <laughs> I like what I have said about Prasid Krishna. Right. And then I read my words. Yeah. You may, yeah. I think the only time you've really been right is, uh, is about Shabazz. I mean, I was right about DK as well. And don't tell me, try and tell me stats will prove me wrong because I don't consider stats against <laughs> fucking Bangladesh and Zimbabwe. <laughs> hmm. All right. Right? Watch DK uh, make a comeback into the World Cup this squad this year after leading I RCB to a title as captain. I said it last year and I'm saying it again this year. If Dinesh Karthik <laughs> And I didn't have to do it last time because he didn't make the squad. But if Dinesh Karthik makes the T20 World Cup squad this year, I will grow a moustache. 
All right. I'm praying for this now. Imagine, for the if, happen. <laughs> Imagine if he becomes RCB captain and then becomes a guy to finally lead that franchise to a, to a title. Coming in after Virat Kohli. Twitter will explode. <laughs> on, on that very happy note, we have... Speaking of Twitter our, exploding. Yes. Speaking of Twitter exploding, it is time to move on from our India versus West Indies um, uh, segment and move into our segment called Typos. Okay. So the segment's basically about this so-called respected journalist um, who <laughs> apparently speaks in P language. <laughs> yes, speaking of typos, this was going to be a, a rant about cricket journalism in general, but there is one specific journalist that we, we need to talk about first. Um, and so just for context, uh, SP is going to put this tweet up anyway, but I'll summarize it. Basically, Ridiman Saha got dropped from uh, from the test squad that's been picked for the Sri Lanka series that's coming up. And uh, he also apparently has been told by team management that he's effectively, like his, his test career is pretty much over because they are looking for a uh, a younger backup keeper. He's 37 years old, so there's no point in him. Uh, I mean, it, make, it makes his dropping makes sense, but that's not the yeah. story here. Yeah, exactly. So then, so Saha puts up a a, a screenshot of a of a WhatsApp chat that he's got uh, he's had with some journalist, still unnamed, um, where he's where the journalist is telling him about oh uh, I can do an interview with you do you want to be do you want to do one with me or do you want to be democratic and choose a particular journalist or whatever and then when he doesn't get a response from Saha he, he at the end of this conversation he's just like oh I can't believe you've insulted me like this I will remember this etc etc and then he's like effectively threatened Saha's whatever remains of Saha's career. Uh, Saha has since flip-flopped as well and said that he's not going to name the journalist but because yeah. he wants to apparently protect his career, but yes, uh, we pretty much I think cricket Twitter, cricket Twitter has pretty much deduced which which journalist it is, and it's not a surprise to anyone who's been following Indian cricket no, over the last twenty years. Surprise at all? <laughs> yes, um, yeah, I, I'm I've never understood how Borya Majumdar got got to be such an influential person. Uh, he clearly, I guess, early on in Saurav Ganguly's career, he was just someone who sort of latched on to Ganguly and then made a career out of it. I, I'm guessing that's what happened. Um, or I, maybe he just gave that uh, you know, I'm Bengali, I'm smarter than you kind of vibe. I don't know, you would know more about that than me. <laughs> uh, I need to make sure my girlfriend doesn't watch this episode. Uh, <laughs> I don't think your girlfriend has seen even one episode. Yeah, this is very true. She's not. We're safe. But, uh, I'm going to space. <laughs> Yes. Um, but yeah, so, and the thing I want to get into about cricket journalism in general, there was this interview uh, that Siddharth Monga, who is genuinely one of the best journalists India has. Yeah, absolutely. And he did this interview, he did this interview with Dhoni a few years ago. I think it was 2014 or something like that. It was a, there was a cricket monthly piece. Just look it up. It's, it's a really good uh, profile that he did. And in that, he talked about, uh, I mean, it would basically got into how Dhoni has been standoffish with the media and, and the sort of the genesis of that. And he's talked about how all, for a long time, you know, cricketers and, and journalists used to have a really good, strong re- relationship. And it, but it got to the point where a lot of journalists then had certain, you know, and just had a lot more influence than maybe anyone in the media should. So like there was some journalists who had 
you know, had who were very close to a cricket captain or like the India team captain, and therefore whenever any young player came in, the journalists would be like, "Acha, you, you know, you you keep me happy, then I can put in a good word for with the captain for you." And you know, just like basically a very weird, you scratch my back, I scratch yours type thing. And Dhoni didn't really like the fact that there were journalists who had that much power, and that ultimately resulted to how why he was so standoffish. And of course, that's just kept. Kept on going, you know, in the Kohli era, and I don't know how it'll be under Rohit Sharma, but that—that that is the thing. And it's I just think it's going to be much different, to be quite honest. Yeah, especially after this. I, yeah, I don't. Probably not. But and, and I think we've seen Borja had that thing last year with where people were talking, complaining about women's cricket, and he was like, "Listen, you guys don't know what you're talking about. I have a PhD in cricket. Like we know he's an arrogant, entitled." I, there are many other words I can think of, but this is what the kind of journalist he is, and and it's not that surprising that he's threatening an India player, but it's it's still quite shocking. I mean, look, he's a honestly he's an entitled twat. That's all I want to say about Borja. <laughs> and I'm not going and to protected say protected by God and protected, protected by Gaguli. Well, which is why Sahas probably not. Yeah. Yeah, which is why, which is why, which is why Sahas probably not said, uh, you know, said, said reveal the name of of this journalist, even though we're all sure it's it's. I mean, everyone because, sure. you know, yeah, and you know, I mean, it's not just Sahas' playing career might be ending, but if he he's Bengali, if he wants to be involved with cricket in Bengal, uh, you know, after retiring, it he's still gonna have to, you know, be it, keep that relationship with Borja for some reason or the other, just to you know stay stay relevant. And not be completely. Trapped. I mean, okay, uh, his international career may be over, but his first-class career is definitely not. I still think he holds a lot of, and he could be great for the Bengali Ranji Trophy team. Though I believe he's just—he said to not consider him for selection this season. I think is if okay. I if I remember correctly. But but yeah, I mean, his domestic career technically could very well go on. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but circling back around, um, I mean. Look, I understand they want to be standoffish with the media, but the other difference, and I, I, I was reading. Um, so Ayaz Memon has this beautiful collection on Indian history, well, on the history of Indian cricket. Um, most of it's focused post 1971, um, and he's take what he's done is he's basically taken newspaper clippings and things like that out, and and articles that have been written about specific time periods and then compiled them. Um, the introduction to it basically says that in the old days when you traveled to on a tour or something, I think this is pre-1990, um, you'd only have four or five journalists in there. So they would be really close with the players. And, you know, a lot of them became very good friends. After that, the, 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 the you know, number of journalists, A, increased. B, with the advent of television and news channels now wanting journalists. And Joy Bhattacharya is the one who's put up something mag- like actually great on Twitter. It's a, it's a uh, brilliant thread. I think we should link that um, because it is yeah. quite a long thread, and uh, you know, just it would be a bit of a task to read. But basically, what he's trying to say there is that the advent of television journalists and news channels sending people that weren't cricket experts or cricket journalists, and basically all they wanted were these either a controversial sound bites or something controversial that will make TV, as opposed to. You know, an article or a piece that you're actually writing. So for for say, yeah, for someone like like what Cricket Four sends to there, like someone like Shashank Kishore, for example, who will write an, a whole piece on the game, other than doing just the 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 bulletin. And I actually, you know, 
do an analysis yeah. of it. These guys are not there to analyze the game. They just want to sound by. And I think he goes on to say that that is when the attitudes from the players to the media start changing. Yeah, it's quite possible. It's it's also you're also talking about the same time with with the advent of television, where players became like that's effectively the superstar, the beginning of the superstar, which then kind of automatically automatically makes a lot of players want to remo- have like a little bit of a degree of removal from journalists and people in general because you know it's otherwise you know you've got a billion people clamoring after you it's it's a bit overwhelming and that of course what you're saying like right? and you you have you know the journalists are not as interested in learning about cricketers and their stories they're just interested in getting quick quick stories off and quick quick yeah. bites that help you know, sell ratings and effectively borea is a product of that and i mean if you look at borea's entire career it spanned essentially that era yeah exactly post post television but yeah i mean yeah. um yeah I, I, there's not much more to say about this honestly because um it, it's it, it, it's kind of inconceivable to think that a journalist can threaten an international cricketer I mean, that's bizarre it is it is it, it it and i there's no I, i mean i've worked in that field i i have tremendous respect for cricket journalists and sports journalists and the media in general but i can never imagine having that level of influence and that level of like i guess self entitlement to think that i i could you know have i could just say i could be that sort of you know impact, project that level of power to an international cricket like it's just not possible no absolutely anyway on that very somber note we will now move quickly into my favorite segment of the uh, of the show it is called nobles cricket awards All right. Where are we starting? We are starting from. Oh yes, we need to start from the very little nobles award. Um, Alex Hales, which I will let you describe. And there's two. No, let's begin right, with Richard Alex Stark you... because there's that's the noble. Oh, you wanted. Was... I wanted to end with Stark, but all right. Um, you can. I I thought you'd start with Hales. No, start with Stark. We'll go to Hales after. It's more fun. Okay. So fine. we have. A, right. So this is a lit sort of more literal like noble actual noble award. and then we'll talk about the other no calls award in a second yes um we normally give out this kind of award to if you've taken a wicket off a no ball but this delivery just even though there was no wicket taken this delivery just deserves it needs to be there if there's a hall of fame of no balls delivered in te- in cricket this needs to be this would be enshrined it is what a, this mitchell start delivery this one is up there with uh, mohammad amir No, that that comes with a lot that comes with too much controversy this is just this is just a genuinely bad ball just, okay stop talking enjoy after the injury oh bushka wow. no ball free hit for not much else to say well don't say harmison like but it wasn't even that gee wish Must have slipped out of the hand. I don't reckon I've ever seen a ball go that wide before being commentating. Had to be the off cutter. Had to be the off cutter here. And... Uh, it's like 
I need to talk a little bit because I need to explain this for the audio. But it's shoulder height and also so wide that has gone for four wides, but has been called a no ball because it's no, no. It's not even shoulder height. It's about two feet above shoulder height. It's gone (laughs) over the wicket keeper for four. Yes, Um, Um, that bad. I I'm just glad for Mitchell Stark's sake that Shane Warne wasn't commentating during this because he would have had a lot to say. Um, that was. That is Mitchell Stark. So you are our first winner of the No Balls Cricket Award for this week's No Ball. No Balls. And then now we have our second winner who has not bowled a No Ball but somehow managed to end up with literally No Balls. Um, this is the clip of Alex Hales getting hit in the, in, in, in the jammies during the PSL. And then someone on Twitter did this most brilliant thing where they've linked the next but I've linked that clip of him getting hit in the jammies in the PSL to this other clip of him getting hit in the jammies during the 100. Now, if no one has watched the 100, it's a really shit tournament. It exists for God knows what reason. But it has provided us this gem. You were like Virat Kohli in India. <laughs> Everywhere I looked on a poster. Oh, no! That has nailed it. I mean, the ghoulie, wooly woolies. That is painful. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, you're right, Darren. You look like you're in as much pain as he is. That is the Woolies. Well, he's going to have to refocus very quickly. I think they should bowl the same delivery. <laughs> the same delivery, honestly. But I think now Alex Hill is Alex is looking for revenge, man. He's going to try to hit this ball, this next ball, as hard as possible. Topley don't doesn't pitch his ball up. Hales gets hit in the in the jammies, rolls around for five minutes, grabs his breath back, recovers, comes back to back. The commentators say, What's gonna happen now? What's gonna happen now? And guess what? Literally the next ball. Wham! Straight in the jammies. One more time. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's so, that's a clever video editing. I have to give props to whoever's done that. Yeah, so Alex Hales, you are our second winner of the No Balls Cricket Award. Well, I should just call it the No Balls Award for this week because <laughs> I don't know how much yeah, you're going to No Balls Award. Uh, the No Balls <laughs> Award for this week. <laughs> right, we moving are on. moving on to our Moral Compass slash Spirit of Cricket Award, whichever one you want to call it. Uh, no, stop comes... it. Stop it. My Moral Compass Award was the one I gave to Justin Langer. This week's is an actual Spirit of Cricket Award. Fine. <laughs> I really just wanted to annoy you. Yeah, but I know I played that off pretty well though. Yes. Um comes from uh from from Nepal playing uh I, I actually you know what I've completely forgotten the details. I'm just blanking. This is on from this. the ICC World T twenty qualifier. It's Ireland Cam- versus Nepal. From Camel Singh Iri, another youngster shining. <laughs> Dare looks to hoik that across the line. <laughs> Andy McBride has ended up on his feet. I don't think they're going to run him out here. And that is brilliant to see. Asif Sheikh, take a bow. We speak so often about where the spirit of cricket has gone in our game. And you see it on show there. Because Kamal Singh Iri has accidentally tripped up Andy McBride. And I've got goosebumps here in the commentary box. Because that's a touching moment. It was accidental. But he could have run him out here. And Asif Sheikh has said no. He said he's not going to do it because of the spirit of the game. That's your nominee for the spirit. 
Ha, there you go. Um, and so, it's, so and so there was an option to monkered someone. Not didn't happen. It. Yes, the the bowler just chose to not do it. Then in the same game, same game or same ball, in fact. The, it's the um, same ball. It's not even the same. The, the, the same ball. The yeah, the batters have started running. One is like they've bumped into one of the bowlers and one has slipped, and so he like going to be miles out of his crease and 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 you know. There's a chance to run him out, and the Nepali wicketkeeper just decides not to take the bails off the stumps and and, let, and thinking it's an unfair way to get someone out. Yeah. So well done to Nepal. That is an actual spirit of cricket award, and it is one of the few cricketing situations in which I would have done the same thing. I think honestly, I would probably the the running the non-striker out. I would I, I would just run. The oh no no no! I'm not talking about the monkard. I'm talking about the actual run out. I would have monkered huh, the guy for sure. That. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. I just if guy yeah. falling over because he's bumped into the bowler. Yeah, you. I, that's that's an unfair way. That's to get a, that's out. a that's a very unfair advantage. So well done to um to the um to the Nepali team there. Um, and moving on now. Moving on to the very last award. To the very last award of the week. Well, actually two because but we've discussed the previous one in. Ah, uh, we've in, given Borea the awards to him now. We've go yeah no, but Borea doesn't deserve this. Uh, <laughs> he's so crap he doesn't deserve a Nobel's Cricket Award um, so on that happy note this is our last award of the day and it is our brandly newly minted well actually not newly minted he's only the second winner of this award the first winner is of course no guesses as to who Shakib Al-Hassan um, so you know where we're going with this already it is the Tantrum of the Week Award Oh, I had completely forgotten about that Shakib incident. Oh, but thank you for reminding me. Anyway, take it away on James Faulkner. So apparently, and I mean, look, there have been some ridiculous things happening in the PSL, but this has to be the most bizarre, right? So James Faulkner apparently was so angry that he didn't get paid on time or received inadequate payment. That he ended up throwing his helmet and his bat onto the chandelier of a hotel during the PSL. Just while assuming we're, we're assuming he was storming out in anger, I don't know what was going. But it is hilarious. You guys have why, to see the picture. What? Why? Just explain this. Why is there a helmet on a chandelier? I don't know. Uh, fair, fair play for him. I think that's probably the most uh, accurate throw he's ever made. To get that helmet on top of the chandelier. Also, first of all, who the fuck is still paying James Faulkner to play T Twenty cricket? They, he should be paying them. Well, hang on, hang on. Here's the thing. Apparently, nobody, according to him, he's no, no one's paying him. And he has the gall to throw a tantrum of this size. But we, you know what? We salute. Ac- you. According so to the PCB is. and the PSL, he is actually getting paid, and 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 he's completely wrong in his. In in his complaint, we don't know what's going on there, but the tantrum deserves deserves an award. Oh, is is this the same sort of uh, tantrum? Uh, sorry, this is the same sort of PCB that. Uh, so, so, uh, remember, this is from the same country that said they didn't know where Osama bin Laden was. That is for for your. <laughs> there's your one. <laughs> that yeah, is I a, know. Also, yeah. But this is bit of a this is more of a joke than anything. Um, this is not a anyway. Uh, but I, I, I but uh, yeah. So I don't believe the PCB or the PSL. But I also think James 
James Faulkner is just an idiot for doing that. So I mean, no one's right, everybody's wrong. That's how we end this episode. Um, I hope uh, I hope someone's at least paid the hotel staff to get the get the helmet and bat down. I'm pretty sure the hotel staff would have been had to pay a lot of money to get that down, simply because they then keep the bat and the helmet. <laughs> right on that very on that note, hilarious note. On that very happy note, it is time to end. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Um, and remember, next week we will be back with a preview for the three test series that will go on at the same time. Plus, if you're watching India and Sri Lanka, um, kick off on Thursday with three T20Is. Thank you so much for watching. Have a good rest of your week. If you guys are watching on YouTube, please remember to like, share, subscribe, and click on the bell icon to remain notified of all our videos. And if you're listening to us on audio, we're available on all these platforms. And they include Pocket Cast, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podcast Addict as well.